yeah, this show ain't going to be for kids for sure. No. Parents, don't let your kids watch this. Right. You know. But these are the people that our kids are listening to. Oh, I know. You know, I know which I know. is, I know. That's, that's why, why we want to point it out. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully it helps someone. We're not pointing it out for no reason at all. There's a purpose here. Around the world, as promised, a remnant remains who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Welcome to Remnant Podcast. All right, so we took a poll across Facebook. We have a Facebook page, um, YouTube, and it was close. It was a close call on several, on all three. But the one everybody voted the most on was they sold their souls for Hollywood. And so I wanted to put together something for that because I think it's very obvious that there is um, an evil agenda in Hollywood. But I would go so far as to say it's more than just an agenda. There and I think by the end of this episode, you'll see that there is truly an evil spirit and a e- spiritual presence in Hollywood on purpose, not even like accidental, not unbeknownst to some of these people. Yeah. Um, I do want to reference, because you watched it several years ago, there is an a older documentary called They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. Yes. And it was very well done. Yeah, it really was. Well, it was very thorough. It was very thorough. There's a 10-hour version and a four-hour version. I think there's actually a two-hour version. The four-hour version is the one that I watched. Yes. And it was very well done. Well, the thing that I wanted to do a little bit differently on this, obviously, very condensed. This is a very condensed version. But um, we're going to be covering not just people in the music industry. I wanted to sort of cover a broader range. Um, We're going to cover music artists, but also social media personalities, um, magicians, actors, politicians, you name it. So uh, we're going to touch a little bit on each one of those. And uh, also I wanted to use a little bit more recent examples. You know, that documentary is several years old. And so I wanted to use people that are more in the news today. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, it'll be as brief as possible, but as long as necessary to actually make the point. But, you know, once the point is made, I don't guess you just have to go on and on and on. But it is a big it's a big deal. Oh, it's very big. I do want to say that a couple of places that I didn't even begin to go into because they are such big issues or episodes, they would be an episode in and of themselves. Uh, But one is Disney. You know, there's a lot to be said about Disney. The whole. Yeah. And so I didn't even I didn't even go there. Um, And then the other is I did focus only on those people in Hollywood and in uh, the news that are self-proclaimed non-Christians. So, yes, there's a whole lot to be said about um, a spiritual wickedness in the so-called church, The you know, mm-hmm. but I didn't even start in, on any of that stuff. So, um, so yeah, we'll get started. Unless, yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get started on it. You know, like what well, I will say this, you could put this title on a lot of things like Disney. Disney, which Disney don't have a soul, but mm-hmm. if they did, they sold it. Right. Really trying to sell you out is kind of really what's going on. And part of the, for me, part of the reason to, you know, start here is because this is where people can clearly see it. Mm-hmm. It can clearly be seen. And then, you know, once you see it, you have to, I guess, discern for yourself what the next step is. We'll talk about it. And I want to bring out some things myself and what the Bible describes as spiritual warfare. And I think there's a lot of misconcepts about that that I can hopefully make clear with some of the 
illustrations that you're going to show and some things that the Bible has to say. Because I don't think most of what people call spiritual warfare, when they think about it, I don't think that it's accurate. I think they have a very inaccurate view of it. So, yes. yeah, kick us off. What do you want to get into first? Okay, so there are some people that use these phrases like, I sold my soul to the devil, or I made a deal with the devil. Okay, so you said you've met the devil before. I have. I ain't going to say they have. I ain't going to say that. I can't talk for Paul and Jesus now. But you have. I have. I mean, we did that. You know what I'm saying? We did that shit for real. Mm -hmm. Ain't no way you gonna be able to say triple six mafia, six six six, or none of that without actually meeting the man. You get what I'm saying? I sold my soul to the devil. I know it's a crappy deal. Lisa came with a few toys like a Happy Meal. Big boss. And it had like a 10 foot picture of my face on it. It just, no. It made me want to go back to Satan worship. <laughs> well, that's, I think it worked for me. It got me a career. I sold my soul. Let it come out. Let that come all the way out. I sold my soul to have a life that I wanted, that I never had. <laughs> then I met the devil in God's country. Yo, and, uh, did I sell my soul? I sold my soul for you. Now figure that out. Tell my dad I sell my soul. I sold my soul for you. So that does happen. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm, as far as them saying that and thinking, ah, oh, yeah, it happens. I mean, there's dozens of them that have said that. But there's also people that use less, I would say, Christian terminology or even less religious terminology, and they will say things like they have an alter ego. That's a very popular phrase that they'll use to sort of, there's two, it's twofold, you know. Mm -hmm. um, one thing is it sort of leaves them from feeling like they have to be accountable for what they do or what they say because it's not them, it's their alter ego. Mm -hmm. But really, if you listen to the way they describe it, they're describing possession, demonic possession is really what that is. Yeah, really it is. They're not even just talking, they're, they're, they're like talking about, a, another personality that takes over them it's not just like they have two moods you know this is me here this is me this right. way no it's like literally it's like they're inhabited by another person is the way that they would word it yes and beyonce even is shown on an interview saying that she cannot do when she's rehearsing or practicing or by herself she says when i'm by myself i can't hit these notes and i can't do these moves but when sasha fierce comes into her and that's what she says. She says, comes into her. Sasha is my alter ego. And when people see me, sometimes I think that when they meet me and they speak with me, they're expecting Sasha. And um, I'm really kind of shy and not really shy, but more reserved and um, nothing like Sasha. But I guess I wouldn't be very entertaining on the stage. So Sasha comes out <laughs> and she's fearless. You know, she can she can do things that I cannot do when I'm in rehearsal. I mean, I can try, but then it just doesn't happen. I can sing notes and sing strong and do all these things that when I'm just by myself, I can't do. And I remember right before I performed, I raised my hands up 
And it was kind of the first time I, I felt something else come into me. And I knew that was going to be my coming out night for the BET Awards. So, like, when you're getting ready to go on stage and perform, does Sasha Fierce, when does she show up? Usually when I hear the crowd, when I yeah. put on my stilettos, um, when, like, the, the moment right before when you're nervous and, and that other thing kind of takes over for you. Uh-huh. Then Sasha Fierce appears in my posture and, and the way I speak and everything is different. Roman is a crazy boy who lives in me. And he says the things that I don't want to say. <laughs> he was born, a, you know, just a few months ago. I think he was born out of rage. He was conceived in rage. So he bashes everyone. He threatens to beat people and he's violent. That must be nice to have like an ignorant loudmouth who you can just sort of blame every... He wants to be blamed. I don't want to blame him. I, I, I ask him to leave, but he can't. He's here for a reason. People have brought him out. People conjured him up. Now he won't leave. By definition, what they're describing is possession. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I wanted to mention while we're on the topic of possession is Kesha. She's a real popular singer, and she described the best way I can do this is, you know, G-rated is being intimate with a ghost. You said, I have to ask you this, you're telling me out of time that you've slept with a ghost. I have to ask you, have you slept with a ghost? I did go to the bone zone with a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you want, like, do you want details? Yes! <laughs> ghost of who? Was it a ghost of a famous person? Was no, it like... No, I, I mean... I, I, didn't, I don't know his name, but he was in my house. You don't know his name. Why well, is a ghost? And so he just started like caressing me like this. Oh, this story is getting better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so then things proceeded from there. Right, it was a sexy time. It wasn't like sex. Uh... I love it. I absolutely love it. Here's she's the not, thing. She's not the only one, by the way, but... No, 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 yeah. she's not. It's just, uh, I didn't really want to dive too deep into that stuff. I mean, it's just, it's disgusting. But what I really want to point out, because, you know, I, we have people in our family even and friends that they try and treat all things spiritual as make-believe. But when you watch these people, there's nothing about the way they talk that shows them they're being playful or they don't mean it. They mean when they're talking about, oh, yeah, I, I dealt with the devil, you know, or they talk about being intimate with a ghost or they talk about this possession that happens to them. There is nothing playful in their tone. They're not joking. No, they're very serious. I mean, I will say serious doesn't mean true in every case, mm -hmm. but it does mean that they believe what they're saying. Right. For example, what am I saying? You know, if someone says they talk to Satan or the devil or something, they may have actually just talked to a demon. Yes. They may have even talked to something in their imagination, but the bottom line is they're persuaded in their own mind that they, you know, communicated spiritually with something that we would say was a demon or a devil or the devil himself, Satan. Right. Right. Which is my, the biggest point of this whole episode is to say that even if we don't, 
think there's anything to what they're doing or any power behind it. The point is, they do. You know, mm. I mean, obviously, we. Well, I do. Uh, you know, let me say for me personally, I do think there's something to what they're saying. I just think that we also just must be aware to draw limits. Mm-hmm. You know, I do think though. Well, let me tell you something. The devil himself came to Jesus in the wilderness and said to him, bow and worship me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. So he promised him fame, promised him power, promised him money. And it's it's called the temptation of Christ there. He was led by the spirit into the wilderness after having fasted and he was very weak and all this kind of stuff. And it doesn't actually mean that Christ was really struggling with the decision. It doesn't mean that just means that there was an opportunity presented there now all i'm getting at is from that that's one that we have recorded Mm -hmm. because it was jesus but i can imagine how a similar thing has transpired with other people in times past someone that satan thinks that he could use to achieve his ends i don't what i'm saying is i don't really doubt that there's a lot of truth here I'm just saying we do have to be careful because they'll take this encounter and then they'll start saying they got power over all kinds of things. And it's like, okay, now, that's just because you're deceived. You believe mm-hmm. that part. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But the devil or demons do pursue, I would say, people that they can use for an effect that they want to accomplish. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. For clarity's sake, I I completely agree. I do believe that there is more to it than just playful words or insincere phrases that they mean these these things and there's something behind it i do believe that i just have heard people say that because they don't think there's something behind it you know they don't take it seriously but i think it's very critical to realize that the these people do mean it and so if for no other reason recognize that they have an agenda here to corrupt the minds of your children that that's a really good point even if they were actually completely wrong on all of it. It doesn't matter. They still have an agenda, and they have a platform to exercise this agenda. Exactly. They have a camera, they have a microphone, and they have a crowd. Yes. And they have an agenda. Yes. That's a 100% fact. Yes. Yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. But then you'll see their lyrics to their songs, and it'll be oh, the man, most man. vulgar things and the most blasphemous things. And I've always told my kids that, you know, if you don't, if you wouldn't say it, don't sing it because just because you're putting a melody to it, you're still saying the words. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's you right. know, <laughs> yeah, and and see, there, that's part of that's if you want to call it the art of deception, that's part of it right there. Mm-hmm. Is how can we, you know, play this down and cover this in some, you know, uh, make it look innocent like it's just a song it's just a painting it's just a play it's just a movie they didn't you know they just was it was a play on words no man that's how you sell the deception really but the deception the lies the deceit the wickedness it's all there there yes there are lyrics and songs that you should not say period i don't care if you if you're like well i don't even believe it it's just the song still don't say it right
let me let me make a point while you're talking about this i picked up on this a few years back but it's it really should stand it should stand out to everyone i think especially when it's pointed out that these people are not they're not using verses from the quran Mm -hmm. or they're not twisting the quran or they're not talking about we don't they don't hit their thumb and be like muhammad right no, they say the Lord's name instead, right. and they're not making fun of or mocking other religions. You know, they're not mocking Buddha. They're not doing all that kind of stuff. They're not using even teachings from other religions. It's like it really is antichrist in every, well, not every, but predominantly. It's it's literally anti everything that Christ was, is, and stood for and taught and said. But I mean, the fact that they keep pulling from that and pulling from that should be obvious to people. That they're on the side of evil. Right. You, you want to ask the question, what does it mean to sell your soul to Hollywood? What's that really even mean? What's Hollywood even mean? Well, Hollywood, we're not talking about the city. We're talking about a system. Mm-hmm. It's really a system. And if you was to really define Hollywood in the way that most people mean it, when they say, oh, Hollywood's doing this, or Hollywood's doing that, it's, a, it's like a conglomerate of the arts and entertainment and all this kind of stuff, movie production, song production, and all that kind of stuff. But what really underlines it is that it's for, to sell your soul to Hollywood, for different ones may take on a different thing. But it's to trade, it's to it's to cross a boundary in your own conscience and in your own right. heart for the sake of something to gain, worldly speaking. It's fame. Hollywood means fame. Hollywood means fortune. Hollywood means popularity and recognition and in a lot of ways to sell your soul for hollywood so to speak can even mean for talent you know um and there was a time in the past in my life as you know i'm a musician and i really got really i got my priorities all out of order for a while and i really started wanting to get better and better and better at music and I started playing the piano continuously, hours a day. And I really was getting a lot better. I really was. Mm-hmm. And even vocally, I started like really, really applying myself. And I started getting better. And what I started doing, I mean, I'm just confessing something for the sake of the hearer. I'm not proud of any of this, and I thank God that he brought me through it. But what I started doing was tearing down a little bit of innocence that I once had by overcoming my inhibitions. Mm-hmm. The things that would kind of hold me back, like as a, a young musician, maybe in your 20s or something, you don't really, and you shouldn't, you don't really have the, I would say courage, but it's not courage. It just don't feel natural to walk out on stage and just well out with everything you got and play with it. it you have a natural reserve, mm-hmm. and I'd say that's a God-given reserve to keep you from going too far with things. And so how it starts is basically you sell your soul one piece at a time to an extent, and then you may make one big decision where it's done. But you, So with music, I started really, really, really wanting to be better. I started wanting to be able to go, let's go and do shows and do stage performance and stuff like that. It really just started working on me. And what started getting me, too, is it was like I'm actually getting better. And, I mean, unfortunate here, but I started thinking better of myself musically, than I ever had before. 
And so then I'm actually going on YouTube and I'm st- I'm starting to like watch other instrumentalist people and trying to really advance. And so- something that started happening along the way is that I, once you really start wanting to just focus on music, 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 it was like there was a draw to the rock and roll side mm-hmm. because it 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 pulls more out of you, so to speak. It requires more of you, and it's different. Mm-hmm. And so I did. I started learning some rock songs on the piano, and I I started going to bed at night. And here I am, you know, a Christian, so I'm not proud of this. I just, you know, maybe it can help someone. I started going to bed, and I'd be listening to rock songs that I used to listen to 20 years ago that I laid down a long time ago because I knew it wasn't any good. And this stuff really started working on me to the point of I've only, think I've only ever had four spiritual dreams in my whole life. So I'm not one of these people that say I had a dream. Uh, in fact, all four of the spiritual dreams was a negative coming upon me or was was going to come upon me if I didn't change something. It was like a warning to me. It wasn't for anybody else, but it was like God saying, this is what's going to happen to you. And one of the dreams that I had was literally that I was laying in bed. This was when I was in the thick of this warfare, like maintain this Christian life that I that I have and that I love or you know follow through with music and uh in my dream i i was awake and i was laying in my bed and there was a demon standing in my room and i knew why he was there and i remember being like fearful not that there was a demon there i say it was a demon it was like a shadowy something okay mm-hmm. and it was just a dream but what i was fearful of in my dream i started praying lord don't let me sell my soul that's what i started praying don't let me trade my soul for talent mm-hmm. and for success and so that really scared me and then like three or four days later because i didn't just lay it all down you know i was in a real spiritual battle three or four days later i had a dream and in that dream again i was in my bathroom awake and darkness st- literally started closing in around me it's not like I was losing my vision. I could still see because I could just see all the darkness coming in until it finally overtook me completely. And in my dream, I got down on the floor because I couldn't see anything. And I was f- feeling around trying to find my way out of a bathroom. And I knew that this is a small room that I'm in. Mm-hmm. But I was like crawling around and feeling everywhere. And there was, n- I could find no way out, even though I was actually just in a small room, but I couldn't find any way out. I was forever lost in that darkness. And when I woke up that night, I literally woke up just like panting, almost breathing heavy. It scared me so bad. And I believe God gave me those, you know, yeah. to help me or whatever. But to me, this is a very real subject that people have, bottom line to sell your soul to hollywood does mean to trade your innocence and to trade your inhibitions and to trade your what would come naturally to trade truth and all of that kind of stuff for fame and fortune and popularity or talent or whatever recognition to trade it for some worldly gain makes me think of the bible verse that says what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul and right there what jesus is saying is that your soul is worth more than all of this but you know what the devil was saying is, I'll give you all of this right. for your soul. That's the wager. Right. So I'm sorry I went on with no, that for a long exactly time. Right. but That's it, exactly right. And that's what I was hoping that you would show, because I think that's a big question a lot of people have, is how do you even sell your soul? What does that even look like and mean? And I think <coughs> what you're saying is 
a hundred is spot on. You know, it's it's the chipping away of your conscience. You know, it is. It's the chipping away of your conscience. And I mean, I'll I'll speak to that just for like one more minute. But what do I mean by that? Is we are given the grace of God. Like the Bible calls it, the light that lighteneth every man that comes into the world. We're given a conscience by God. And we didn't evolve a conscience. Evolution never even happened. And our conscience is what the Bible calls a law bearer or a witness bearer in our heart, showing the work of the law in our heart. And and so, you know, even the person who has no idea of Christianity or whatever, they haven't heard it. There's still God gave them a certain amount of protection to keep them from being completely overcome by evil, and we call it a conscience. You know, a person on an island knows the sense of right and wrong. And so how we really, what they call selling the soul, how do you really do that? Well, it's it, for the most part, it happens little by little. In the end, it's a big decision. Mm-hmm. But it's doing something where, okay, let me give you an example that applies to this. A woman who feels... She's like, I don't want to do this scene. I'm practically naked. And the director's like, do you want the ratings? Do you want the money? Do you want this role or not? And she's like, and she's encouraged to by everybody else around there. They're like, oh, come on. We've all did it. We've all been naked on camera, half naked on camera, whatever. And she's like wagering this warfare in her mind of, man, I'm just not comfortable with this. But there's a drive, there's a push, there's a something. It's like she's want, she can't, she don't want to be the one to say no. And this is gonna, this movie is gonna make her somebody because she's starring with a famous person and all this. And so, literally, she convinces herself. And they do ceremonies for this, by the way, mm-hmm. to teach you. You can go and learn if you're a Hollywood person how to sear your conscience, mm-hmm. where it don't bother you. I mean, and the Bible talks about that. People right. having their conscience seared with a hot iron where they literally have no feeling of, because that's what they want. They want to get rid of this. They don't want to look timid on camera. They want to look confident and hot and powerful and all this. But that don't come naturally to the man. Right. For the man to be able to do that kind of stuff and to even act out some of the scenes they act out, they have to. They try and figure out ways. They, they, they intentionally try and expose themselves to stuff over and over and over to numb that, to get it to where they don't have to be that way. And that's how it happens. Mm-hmm. That's how you sell your conscience out, basically. Yeah. What stood out to me is this very obvious playing it down. You know, like, mm-hmm. like Heather Graham. I think it was an article on her where she was talking about how she had a cute little crystal sanctuary and would you know or giselle would talk about how she is a witch but she's the witch of love you know and it's supposed to be lighthearted and yet admission at the same time but that's how you know that's again sort of a slow step into chipping away at a natural barrier that's that's, right that's what i was going to say what what we would call playing it down downplaying it right. softening it up what that really to me is evidence of is this tiny little remnant of conscience left that don't want to just call it what it is exactly and that's also the nature of sin and wickedness and evil is to that how what am i trying to say that's how you deceive yourself Mm-hmm. You deceive yourself by take again the woman that's being asked to do some scene that she originally was not planning on doing, and then she's like talking to herself and other people's talking to her, and she's like, "Well, 
you know, my heart's really not in it. Now, it's not that I want to do it, but it's a job. You know, it's for the job. It's going to make me some money for my family. If she's got a family or my husband or whatever, I might could even retire. She starts playing it down. It's not that big a deal. It's just acting. It's not real. It's not like we're really doing this. And she plays mm-hmm. it down and plays it down. It's self-deception. Yes. Saying, I'm a white witch. I'm a good witch. No, this is what you should say. I'm a witch. <laughs> right. That's it. Yes. Yeah. There's absolutely. no such thing in the Bible as a good witch. Right. Or a white witch. Right. Or whatever. No such thing. Yeah. So to put this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, encouraging to me. Hopeful, I should say. Not encouraging. But it gives me hope when I see things like uh, I, Cardi B. She just posted this thing where she was actually in tears, like legitimate tears, saying that she hated. She didn't want to be this way anymore. She just wants to be a mother. I've been having these weird feelings lately, and that's kind of why I didn't want to do this song, Shake It, or like any drill songs, because it's like these songs are activating like these demons that I killed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be that girl anymore. Like, like I just, I just want to be a mother. You know what I'm saying? Like. I don't want to be that old Cardi anymore. I just, I don't want to be that anymore. Like, and she's coming back. She's coming back, bro. Like, I don't want to be that anymore. I want to be a mother. This song is activating demons and it's coming back again. And I don't want to be that. I want to be a good person. And that to me shows she still has a conscience. She's not reprobate. She's not, you know, turned over. But by the end of that, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she'll maybe she'll come out of it. You know, you can only hope and pray for. But uh, but anyway, yeah. So there are people that downplay it a lot. But just because basically I wanted to say that just to say that just because they're on this list doesn't necessarily mean that they're a lost cause. But some of these people I really believe are. (laughs) Oh, I'm 100% some of these people sure. really are. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, that. too. I'm 100% sure some of these people are 100% lost cause. It's because it seems to me that once you really just sell your conscience completely, like completely, yes. then a lot of the deception, I think, actually leaves some of these people. And they just know that they're doomed. And they, like <laughs> Judas, yes, right. Judas sold Jesus for 30 shekels of silver. And he was deceived by the devil tells us that satan entered into him he was he's judas sold his soul to the devil by selling jesus basically but did judas feel guilt after it was all said and done he killed himself yeah so he felt some guilt but it's like what i mean is it's like once the devil gets you once you fully committed and you're done it's like okay i'm gonna show you what you've done now right you're you're and they go and that's when they just like they go into such crazy psychotic fits and darkness of things and it just gets un, it just gets crazy oh yeah and i know you've got some videos on here that's yes. going to show some of that stuff yeah definitely there is open witchcraft in hollywood The most op- open about it would be this female rapper named Az- Azalea Banks or Azalea Banks, and she has video footage of herself talking about 
witchcraft, types of witchcraft, and she's in what she calls her witch room, uh, witch closet. And you can see in the background there are feathers and blood from animal sacrifices all over the room. Um, And she talks about having daggers in the room and that it's a very blood-hungry spirit that she's referring to, um, to the point that she says that you can't even perform these rituals as a female if it's that time of the month for you because they will eat you because they're blood hungry. Yeah, I mean, she, (coughs) I mean, and she is dead serious about this stuff. I just wanted to come here to you in the witch cave today, you know, because I've been talking a lot of shit today and just wanted to give you guys a real, um, a real peek at what it's about. I got my Chola Wenge here with the embeles and all the daggers and everything. Uh, I've been initiated in Paloma Yombe for the last four years of my life and I love it. I originally came into the religions through Yamaya, of course she called me first and I came and Every Santero that I saw, everybody that I went to was like, Azelia, you have to go work with the dead. You have to go work with the dead. You must go work with the dead, right? So you have to come in as an herbalist, almost as a nurse, almost. And that's how you get to work in Paloma Yombe, right? We just can't work when we are on our periods and we can't initiate anybody until the period is done because, you know, these are blood, blood, blood hungry vessels. So you can't, you can't come near them while you're bleeding because they'll attach to you and eat you. Know that it's not a fashionable, it's not just a fashion thing. It's not something that you just put on and then, you know, you, it's like Santera Chic or whatever. It's not that kind of a thing. It's a real lifestyle or Manera Chic or whatever. It's a real lifestyle and it's a real way of being. Uh, I urge every african-american woman especially not to be afraid of so-called voodoo but i urge you guys not to be afraid of your own powers because you guys are very 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 powerful we are very 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 powerful uh beyonce's drummer of seven years has actually sued her for witchcraft casting spells on her. The drummer who claims she was put under Beyonce's spell is now speaking out. The fact that people keep saying, I'm crazy? Hell, the situations I had to deal with and survive are crazy. Kimberly Thompson says she is tormented from being put under manic sexual spells by Beyonce. We're talking about other situations where changing into animals and, and jumping into other bodies and all kinds of really crazy stuff. In bizarre court papers, Thompson claims Beyonce, she refers to as this person, has started a campaign of harassment against her. That includes extreme witchcraft, dark magic, and magic spells of sexual molestation. She also claims Beyonce murdered her kitten after the singer put a spell on it. They were like, the cat has a spell on it. The cat was taken back to her people, like, and they killed it. And then, of course, Giselle, there's Tom Brady talking about, because at the time they were married, Tom Brady talking about how Giselle would build these shrine things and altars and and do spells over him before games. She would be very uh, serious about him 
reciting these things or chanting these things that she would tell him to do. Any superstitions going into the game? Any special thing you carried into the game on Sunday that you had tucked away somewhere? Uh, I did. <laughs> I always, um, you know, I've learned a lot from my wife over the years. She's so about the power of intention, you know, and believing things that are really going to happen. And she always makes a little altar for me at the game because she, she just wills it so much. And uh, so she put together a little altar for me that I could bring with pictures of my kids. And I have these little special stones and healing stones and protection stones. And she has me wear a necklace and take these drops she makes. And I say all these mantras. And I stopped it, questioning her a long works. time ago. I did. I just shut up and listened. And at first I was like, this is kind of crazy. And then about four years ago, we were playing the Seahawks. And she said, you better listen to me. This is your year. But this is all the things you're going to have to do to win. And I did all those things. And by God, you don't know, work. It was pretty good. <laughs> and then in 2015, it was about early January. And she said, you know how much I love you. And I said, yeah. And she said, I just want to let you know this is not going to be your year. Oh. And of course, we lost. I said, what does 16 look like? <laughs> and she said, 16 is going to be your year. <laughs> so it was early January this year. And I said, babe, I asking, like, do we have a chance? And she said, yeah, but you're going to have to do a lot of work and you're really going to have to listen to me. <laughs> so, man, I listened to her. And right after the game, she said, see, I did a lot of work. You do your work, I do mine. She said, you're lucky you married a witch. I'm just a good witch. In the Bible, there's a little bit of a commonality, it seems like, among some of the people that were possessed. And blood does seem to be a part of it because I'm wanting to say... It's what's called the gathering demoniac, the one that was where Jesus cast out, and it was, I am legion for mm -hmm. we are many or whatever. And it said he was in the tombs cutting himself. Right. And here's, here's part of what I think about that, though. Some of these people that are, like, possessed or even want to be possessed. It's crazy. Some of them, like, literally say they want to be possessed. Yes. When we think of them cutting themselves and all that kind of stuff, we think, like, man, oh, why would you do that? But they actually get there's they're so under this deception they look at it like a pleasure thing they look at blood as like like perfume you know i mean they're it's literally they're so messed up in this stuff i'm just saying when these people are talking about some of this to us on the outside it would be like oh that's disgusting oh that's so weird oh that would be why did you do that it hurts but they get this pleasure from pain they get pleasure from things that are disgusting that's something that accompanies demonic possession and what kind of the way i see it is it's like really the demon just wants you to destroy whatever it can destroy your innocence destroy your body destroy your soul destroy your purity destroy truth destroy everything how can we get you to do that and also how can we get you to behave like an animal to humiliate God in some sense, because you was created in the image of God. How can, you know, like I'm saying, the demon itself mm -hmm. is wanting to make you do all kinds and isn't, of... And isn't there something in the Old Testament where God actually had a law against drinking blood or eating... Oh, yes, know? absolutely. I don't remember exactly yes, how it you was. Could, yeah. To take in human blood at all was absolutely forbidden. Yes. And along with, by the way, for the listener that may not know this... Literally, look up the word witchcraft. It's there. And right. it says witchcraft, wizard, necromancer, enchanter, consulter with spirits. All that stuff is talked about in the book of Deuteronomy. And it says, don't let it be found in 
the whole nation. Right. You know, he was literally telling them, you get it out of the whole land. Oh, and this stuff is celebrated. I mean, couples that drink each other's blood is... That's been in Hollywood for years. It's so gross to me. I mean, oh, I know. It's, I know. It really it's is. probably the most recent and popular ones are Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker, uh, Megan Fox and her fiance, uh, MGK, Machine Gun Kelly. It's just a few drops, but yes, we do consume each other's blood on occasion for ritual purposes. He's literally like my exact physical type that I've been manifesting since I was. I'm also four years older than him, so I think I made him, my thoughts and intentions grew him into the person that he is. Who knows what he would have looked like or been like if it wasn't for me. I guess drank each other's blood might mislead people or like people are imagining us with like goblets and we're like Game of Thrones drinking each other's blood. It's just a few drops. But yes, we do consume each other's blood on occasion for ritual purposes only <laughs> he's much more haphazard and hectic and chaotic where he's willing to just like cut his chest open with broken glass and be like take my soul let me bleed on you <laughs> it doesn't not happen let me tell you maybe not exactly like that but it a version of that has happened uh, many times this is a very intense relationship and it's cyclical and so it gets to these points where like we have to do cleansings. I had gotten to a point where I was like, we need an adrenaline injection of God in this relationship. And so we went to Costa Rica and we had Peruvian shamans who administered the ayahuasca. So we went to, we went to Costa Rica to do ayahuasca like in a proper setting, like with indigenous people and nothing glamorous about it. It's all a part of sort of making you vulnerable so that you surrender to the experience. And the entire thing starts with something called vomitivo. I hope I'm allowed to divulge this, that it's okay that I share, but oh. I'm encouraging it. Um, so you go and we were with 20 other strangers and you all line up at like the, the edge of the rainforest over this weird fence and you go three by three and you drink lemongrass tea until you like by n not your own volition, just vomit everything out of your body. So you start- So you have to vomit, there's no way around that You can't that get out of it. And you have to vomit a certain amount before they let you get back with everybody. So you're like cheering on everyone as they like throw up. <laughs> and as like what we do, obviously, we were like, I don't, I don't know, I'm not, am I ready to just like throw up in front of all of these people? But it's such a good bonding experience. And <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but but that gets you ready to then go into the ceremony that night because you're like, I my vanity is gone. I've just done this in front of all of these strangers, and like now I'm ready to like really open up. So we did it for three nights. It was incredibly intense. I went to everybody's journey is different. The second night, I went to to hell for eternity. Um, yeah, and to just knowing eternity is. Um, like t torture in itself because there was no beginning, middle, or end. So you have like a real ego death. The Bible does say that there's a great gulf fixed. Right. And nobody, by the way, you know, nobody's ever gone to hell and back again. Right. Nobody. Okay. And nobody's ever gone to heaven and back again either. Right. Because once you go to one or the other, it's because you're dead and your soul is there and you've been judged. It's it. There's right. no returning. So I don't, all this stuff, this, anyway, that's yeah. a whole nother podcast. That's another episode. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother podcast. Go ahead. I'm sorry, but no, I do want to make this point. <laughs> I want to just keep in mind mm -hmm. that these people, Megan Fox, she was Transformers, right? Mm -hmm. So you got this girl, woman, I don't even know how old she is. She's going around drinking people's blood, going doing this crazy shaman ceremony in Africa. 
practicing witchcraft stuff, mm-hmm. worshiping Satan, basically. Mm-hmm. But then she comes out on your teenage boys' movies, Transformers, and she's just, you know, this. Yeah, she's played a high school, and, you know, yeah. girl. And yeah, I mean, and just. If you could video and see, you know, parents, if you could see on video what she's doing behind the scenes, you right. would never yes. say, yeah, son, go watch that movie. You wouldn't do that. Right. Like, imagine if I do all these you know animal sacrifices here and i do i'm drinking your blood and i'm letting people know about it and my neighbor down the road i'm like oh hey i'm gonna be singing over here tomorrow you guys should come listen you think my neighbors have anything to do with me no. they'd be like i ain't gonna there's unless no you live way. in hollywood that's why those people have to all live in hollywood because if she was a neighbor here in the town we live in she would be the city outcast psycho yeah. yes everybody would be like get, they'd be like don't let your cat her. go down that road you'll never get it back. right yeah. but because there is this you know they get a pass for some reason because they're in front of a camera but you, if you just think about well if my next door neighbor was doing the exact same thing sometimes when you don't see that you will see symbolism and that symbolism is there on purpose there is no such thing as having a pentagram with the horns of a beast you know that's not an accident that stuff is there intentionally and so i wanted to mention some of the types of uh, symbolism that is rampant especially in the music industry in their videos and stuff like that but i'm talking about this is in their clothing lines and we'll get into that here in just a second but um the first one I want to talk about, I think some people may not be real familiar with, is the Baphomet symbol. Mm-hmm. But that's there a lot, if you know what to look mm-hmm. for. Play the Baphomet thing. It is an ancient satanic symbol. It's even a transgender type, you know, mm-hmm. homo type symbol. It, it, and there's a whole lot of other stuff that they would say about it, I'm sure. But for some reason... Uh, demons and the devil is very often depicted that way even in the bible when it's not the devil but there's a false prophet depicted in the book of revelation and it describes him as a creature with two horns it says he sees he sees it spiritually it's Mm -hmm. a person but when he looks beyond that person and sees spiritually what's behind that person it says it's it appears as a lamb that has two horns and speaks as a dragon one thing i want to make mention of is that I was very careful not to address any of the stuff that might be considered conspiratorial. You know, like I'm not, we're not getting into Illuminati symbolism. We're not getting into stuff like that. We're getting into any symbolism that we're talking about here is 100% accepted. Like Baphomet is an accepted satanic symbol. There is no conspiracy about that. It is known to be a symbol for satanic purposes. Okay. Yeah. And... uh, what goes along with the Baphomet symbol is things like um, uh, blood sacrificing, uh, blood rituals. Another thing that you'll find always with it uh, is stuff to do with children, pedophilia type things.
the image is transgender type. It's part male, part female, part animal. When it's a goat-headed thing. Also, you'll see a lot of 666, which again, that's a has Christian roots as far as it's in the Bible about the... Oh, that's completely a Christian <laughs> yes. Completely. Yeah. Um, upside down crosses. Uh, and then there's a, a rapper. His name is... You guys, they'll laugh because I've never heard of him before this study. But uh, Lil, <laughs> L-I-L, Uzi, U-Z-I, yeah. Vert, V-E-R-T. And the reason that that is significant here is because they say if you say that sort of like all together it says little lucifer little lucifer mm. little Lucy. people are gonna laugh at me but little lucifer yeah i got you little lucifer yeah little i got lucifer. you i got you but you see how they that's what i'm saying that that's right there in plain sight yes and that is totally intentional i mean mm-hmm. you can obviously see how that's intentional and then um another blatant anti-christian satanic move was by this guy named little and there's another little l-i-l mm. little nas okay and he's actually a homo rapper that mm. his video is him giving satan a lap dance it's disgusting yeah, we gross. shouldn't even get into all that yeah. but anyway what he did though that was just again so everybody was taken aback was he created a uh, a line of shoes and these shoes were famous because they had a drop of human blood in them, in the soles. And uh, he only made 666 pairs, and they cost $1,018. And the 1,018 was significant of Luke chapter 10, verse 18, they said, because that's where it says, and I saw Satan fall from the sky. Mm-hmm. And uh, it says, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from right. heaven. Yeah. And... Uh, would you believe that those shoes sold out in less than a minute? I wouldn't have believed that. Less than a minute. Just disgusting. Disgusting. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, one thing, too, that I'm thinking about is I don't know that a good, honest Christian singer has ever been invited to perform on the White House lawn. But these people are. Yeah. Man. These yes. people are invited to the Capitol to put on a performance for Washington or whatever. I'm saying Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Why don't Why don't they invite Christian people? The oh, demonic no. influence is vast. Yes, absolutely, and that's sort of where I wanted to kind of bring it down to uh, as far as an end. But when you get into talking about the blood rituals and stuff like that in Hollywood, a name that probably I doubt many people actually know her by name. Or even by face, but she is one of the most prominent people in basically all circles that are uh, affluent, you know, like politicians, mm-hmm. yeah. actors, models. And her name is Marina Abramovich. And she's been very, very famous since the 90s, I would say. Um, but she. Go ahead. Is she the lady that Hillary Clinton consulted? She's linked to Hillary Clinton because she sent an email out inviting people associated with Hillary Clinton's campaign and and other people. Lady Gaga was there, but to a a spirit cooking. She's thrown several parties where she is you're eating off of what looks like a dead corpse. You know, it's imitating cannibalism. Um, She has openly used pig's blood as part of her 
art, you know, where she's writing spells on a wall and instructions. that involve very, very graphic things, and I'm just gonna show pictures, but I'm not gonna repeat them. She is linked to people that you never would have known. James Franco, Robert De Niro, these are actors, you know, models. So when you've got a woman like this influencing the people that are key names, popular names, in today's in entertainment industry and in, even in today's political world, you've got to recognize that, again, it's, it could not be more important to practice discernment on what you expose or allow your children to be exposed to, listening you know, to these people, watching these people, uh, being influenced by these people, because it's very, very real. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Can I give some application on some Please? of this? Yeah. Um, cause I started off by saying that spiritual warfare doesn't play out like a lot of people think that it does. A lot of people think spiritual warfare is some sort of, well, Hollywood version of it where it's like a Catholic dude holding up a cross and is yeah. like, you, you know, you demon get out of here. You shall not pass whatever. Right. And it's not that mm -mm. spiritual warfare. Well, let me say it this way. The attack on your soul must go through your mind has to that's the only portal that wickedness can come at your soul your soul can't be attacked except by through the mind mm -hmm. if it was you wouldn't even how would you even know you right. see what i'm saying yes. and here's the other thing to get to the mind you must go through the eyes or the senses you must pass through the senses and so the reason i'm laying that out is to say this spiritual warfare so-called is actually fought and perceived in the physical realm visibly let me give you an example in the bible there was a spiritual warfare waged against a man named samson they said delilah go and entice him and find out what his strength is that we may weaken him and afflict him like literally that's what they said and so it was a spiritual warfare but it was being waged through physical things. Let me give you another example. This is talked about several times in the Bible. Even Jesus himself mentions it in the book of Revelation when dealing with the churches. And it's this man named Balaam. It's the guy in the Bible who the donkey ended up talking to. Right. And anyway, it says he taught Balak. Balak was like a king of a foreign territory. He taught Balak how to cast the stumbling block before the children of Israel. This is very interesting. Balak wanted to conquer God's people, but he couldn't. Really, that's the story. He feared them, and he wanted to conquer them, but he could not conquer them. And Balaam basically said this, if you can get them to sin, 
then their God won't fight for them. So Balak basically hired all of these women of his kingdom to go out and try and seduce and be seductive and and trap or whatever, entice, seduce men of Israel or whatever, to bring them into sin, to bring them down through sin. That's spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Right. Balak knows that he can't actually like reach in there and grab your soul, but if he can entice you through the eyes and through the mind, it's a spiritual warfare actually being fought. And sure enough, he caused them to fall. Right. And here's a point behind that. Hollywood, on its most basic level, we could say so much more than this, but it's trying to entice you to sin. Definitely. It's trying to entice your children to sin. It's trying to entice you to find pleasure in wickedness. It's trying to paint wickedness as fun, mysterious, all this kind of stuff. But it actually is spiritual warfare. But in this sense, they just want to entice you to sin because when you're in sin like that, I mean, honestly, God, of course, I believe that we're saved. And that God has forgiven our sin and stuff like that. But every man knows in his own conscience, every Christian knows that when he's living in sin, he can't even get down and pray. I mean, he, he feels like he's hitting a brick wall. He can't be right. He can't feel right before God. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you're lost. But I am saying that how is the world going to overcome Christianity? Well, for the most part, it's by getting you guys to sin right. as much as they can. Right. That's how the warfare is fought out. That's all I was trying to say. These people, they can't actually cast a spell over you and control you and poke a voodoo doll and hurt you. That part's not legit. But what they can do is say, come, come to our ceremony. Come hang out with us. In fact, even with the Balak and Balaam thing, they did that. They had had this great feast, and they invited the people of Israel. Y'all come. Everybody's welcome here. Y'all come on. Yeah, I mean, I know we're having some weird thing over here, but no mind us, you know. Y'all just come be a part. Spiritual warfare most simply stated, is a war against your sense of ethics and morality and righteousness. To persuade you to not view the world that way, to persuade you to break your own conscience, to persuade you to drift their way a little bit. That's really where the war's coming down. That's way simpler than a lot of people think. Yes, and I will say, which I know we're going to do a whole episode on this, and it's very needful, but there is a need for good judgment. Yeah, We must have discernment. We must, it's not which we'll get into this in another episode, but you can't be afraid to draw the line and say that is wrong, you know? To that, call something wrong these days, they'll say you're being judgmental, but that's not judgmental. No, that's, that's not what the Bible even talks about when right. it's talking about don't be judgy or yes. judge not let you be judged. That's not what it's talking about. Yeah. It's and 100% clear there's a line of good and evil. And we must distinguish. Absolutely. We must distinguish. Otherwise, you end up... And here's the thing, almost everybody that watches this will agree, oh, that's wicked. Right. Okay, so we all agree there's at least, they're on that side of the line, but the question is, where is the line? How far can we come before it's like... Right. Okay, and that's where discernment has to come in and to... Yes, we'll get into that for sure. And I do want to say before we close out that if anybody, if you've got um, something or someone that you're wanting us to look into and cover, leave it in the comments, send us an email. Yeah. Yes, and it can be for the good, too. Like, I oh, mean, yeah. You know, there was a person we was talking about covering recently, and I was thinking, we'll probably have a lot of good that comes out of this. We mm-hmm. don't want to just – it's not that we're out just to try and show you all the negatives. Right. No, I mean, we're just wanting to do it for the sake of truth and for the sake of the podcast. But yeah, it could be a good thing. Like, And maybe we need to do some shows about, hey, these are some good people that you yes. could listen to that you'd you know, you know, that you'd be safe with definitely, or whatever. But, definitely. All right, I'm, I'm good. You good? I'm great. All right. Good talk.